The summer breaks over and Europe's return to the biggest migration and refugee crisis it's faced arguably since the Second World War. Germany alone expects to take around 800,000 refugees claiming asylum this year. I'm Gideon Rachman, the FT's chief foreign policy commentator. Joining me to discuss the crisis are on the line from Berlin our correspondent Jeevan Vazagar and here in the studio Europe editor Tony Barber. Tony, the war in Syria, which is driving a lot of the refugees, has been going on for four years and more now. Why has it suddenly reached a peak in terms of refugees arriving in Europe this summer? To be honest, I think that a number of European policymakers at national level have been uh, turning a blind eye to the ever-rising scale of this problem. I remember talking to officials at the EU border control agency Frontex and to various experts at the European Commission in Brussels in 2010, and they all said that they anticipated a rising tide of asylum seekers and economic uh, refugees from sub-Saharan Africa and other parts of the world, and it was going to present an almighty problem for the EU. Now, that was five years ago, before the civil war in Syria. The scale of the problem has increased because of that civil war and because of unrest that's developed in other parts of the world around the EU's borders. And then there has also been increasing pressure from countries that are actually candidate members to join the EU in the Balkans. That really is economically inspired attempts at migration, and that has coincided with all these other pressures. Jeevan, I mean, obviously the numbers that Germany in particular is having to cope with have shot up. I mean, I think last year... They had 250,000 or so asylum applications. This year they're talking about 800,000. And the Germans seem to have taken, by the standards of the other countries in the EU, an unusually generous attitude. Could you explain why that is and whether it's got strong public support? Well, opinion in Germany has been somewhat polarised. I mean, you're right to say there has been public support for asylum seekers here and there have been many displays of help. There were hundreds of refugees that arrived at Munich's main train station and the police at one point said we're just overwhelmed with the number of local people who have come here offering to help. It's, it's that they found just incredible. But there have also been arson attacks on shelters intended for asylum seekers. So there has been some very serious violence targeting refugees. Angela Merkel herself, the German Chancellor, has been very clear about saying that Germany has to be open to helping people who are in need. And of course, Germany's leaders feel that because of their history, they have a special responsibility to help people who are in distress. And the German people, I think, understand that too. The opinion polls certainly show that many people feel very favourably towards refugees. There are reminders in the German press that the Germans were themselves refugees at the end of the Second World War. There were large population movements from Eastern Europe into what we now know as the territory of Germany. So they, they have that historical consciousness. And there is an understanding that Germany is today a prosperous and safe place that has the ability to help others. Do you think that that kind of a consensus is likely to hold if the Germans find that they're well out in front of the other Europeans, as appears to be the case now, and they don't get any help in sharing the burden? Well, Merkel herself is giving very clear leadership and she is not just demanding 
support from other European countries. She is putting pressure on her own population or challenging perhaps her own population to rise to this challenge and show that they can be, I think her words were, show that Germans can be flexible as well as thorough. I think German public opinion does depend on receiving some support some sense that the rest of the continent is sharing the burden. In Bild, the most popular newspaper here, on Monday there was a headline saying the shirkers of Europe, and there's a big picture of David Cameron on page two of the paper, and it said, you know, these countries, Britain, France and Italy, they must play their part too. And I think over the next few weeks and months we're going to see increasing pressure. It's going to start off in places like Bild and then widen to be vocalised by the general population. So we are going to start to see some of that pressure. One of the advantages for Merkel here is that her opposition is very much in disarray. So to her right, there was this party Alternativa for Deutschland, uh, um, a slightly harder right populist party. The Pegida movement that marched in Dresden last year, these movements are sort of dwindling and, and somewhat in disarray at the moment. So she's under less pressure than she could be internally. So Tony, she even makes the point that the Germans now want there to be more of a European approach, totally understandably, one might think. What's the prospects for that? I think they do want that, and I certainly would include Britain among the countries that they expect a better response from, and it's entirely possible that this question would be linked to Germany's attitude to British demands for renegotiation of its membership terms and a better deal on which to present the British public for the vote on staying in or leaving the EU maybe next year or early 2017. So that all these issues are tied together and I think the British government is conscious of that. So I would expect that they'd be giving this some serious thought in London among the larger EU countries, I think there the will be uh, probably some uh, effort to accommodate the German wish to see a more flexible response. If anything, the slightly more awkward position is that which faces small countries in Central and Eastern Europe that don't have any real tradition of migration from outside their borders, particularly non-European emigration to their societies. And I'm thinking of places like Slovakia, Hungary, to a lesser extent Poland. Now, you've already heard politicians in these countries saying things that would be regarded as pretty politically incorrect in Western Europe to the tune that they don't want any migrants at all who are not of Christian background. And this tells you about how the migrant crisis starts touching much deeper chords, I think, in those societies than perhaps it does in larger Western European countries with a broader tradition of migration. Tony makes the point that this is creating a strain on European unity, Jeevan. And one of the real sore points that the Germans have already highlighted, I think both the Interior Minister and Chancellor Merkel, is the question of free movement of people within Europe, borderless Europe, known as the Schengen Agreement. How serious do you think the Germans are in raising the question of the reimposition of frontiers within the border-free zone? Well, I think it has been a problem for Germany and it is something that the Germans are worried about. But the Germans are, are deeply committed to Schengen. It's obviously a huge advantage for this open trading nation in the middle of Europe that people and goods should be able to kind of flow through easily and there shouldn't be delays at the borders as there were before the introduction of Schengen. I think that the German feeling is that the Schengen zone can't be maintained ultimately if there isn't a sort of fair sharing of refugees between European countries. But they see this as a way, um, I mean, perhaps a threat is a rather strong way to characterise it, but certainly a sort of tool to use in order to push fellow EU nations towards the goal they have in mind. That was an abridged version of the FT World Weekly podcast. If you'd like to hear the full version, 
Go to ft.com slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.